Well, God bless you guys and good morning. Welcome to Swerve Church. So glad that you decided to join us this morning. Um, I'm really excited that you uh, decided to be here uh, with us and join us as we uh, dig into the book of Jonah. Uh, there, was, there was a time when I, I felt spiritually drained. Did you ever feel like that? You know, I was super involved in the church that I was a member at at the time, and I was teaching Sunday school classes, discipleship classes. I was the youth pastor. I was a musician. I did the church's website, the, the whole deal, right? I was super involved at the church I was at, but spiritually, I was wasting away. It was a time when I hit rock bottom. It was a, a spiritual decline. You know, God felt distant. My, my prayer life was stale. I, I wasn't charged up about going to church or doing a life with God's people. It was a spiritual slump. Did you ever feel like that? Or maybe you feel like that right now. Maybe you dragged yourself to church today. You really didn't want to come, but somehow you forced yourself here or, or someone dragged you here. Uh, maybe your Bible has cobwebs and dust bunnies. If we scroll through the data usage on your phone, your Bible app would be the least used of all your apps. In fact, maybe it even says last used November 2017 or something. You know, when in a spiritual decline, your decisions are compromised. You're not being guided by the Holy Spirit. You're not listening to God's prompting. So you may put yourself in compromising predicaments. Your judgment is clouded. When in a spiritual decline, you have no desire to gather with God's people. You, know, you don't want to be in a community. You don't want to pray with others or for others. You don't want to give encouragement. You don't want to receive encouragement. You don't want to share your thoughts. You definitely wouldn't want to be a part of a life group. Did you ever feel like that? Do you feel like that right now? Last week, we kicked off our series through the book of Jonah, and uh, what we mentioned was that Jonah was a prophet, and, and prophets would speak on behalf of God and deliver a message to people. And God gives Jonah a specific message and a mission which Jonah emphatically rejects. In fact, we read uh, last week and we spoke about how he heads down to Joppa and he goes down a ship in an attempt to run away from God. We mentioned the ship was heading to Tarshish, which in all likelihood was somewhere off the coast of Spain. It was literally the end of the known world. It was the exact opposite direction that God had called Jonah to go. Uh, Jonah thought that he could run from God. He thought he could hide from Him. But Jonah is about to experience a rude awakening in our text today. You see, Jonah's story is really our story. Jonah's story is really all our stories. Jonah disobeys and runs from God. And what does God do? God relentlessly pursues him. God is in pursuit of some of you today. You've been running from God. You've been attempting to hide from him. But God relentlessly and lovingly pursues you. So what do you do when spiritually speaking you've hit rock bottom? When, when, you, when you hit a spiritual slump, when you're in a spiritual slumber, what do you do when you reach that season of life? So we're going to talk about three things uh, that we do when we hit rock bottom, when we hit a spiritual slump um, from today's text. And in fact, uh, this is the point where you take out your message notes. If you'd like to follow, follow along, uh, everything is written out in your message notes this morning. The Bible verses are there and there's a couple of fill in the blanks there for you to follow along. Here's the first one in your notes is this. Number one, recognize 
that God is God over all. Recognize that God is God over all. It says it this way in Jonah chapter 1, verse 4. It says this, But the Lord threw a great wind unto the sea, and such a great storm arose on the sea that the ship threatened to break apart. You know, one of the common themes that you will see throughout the book of Jonah is the sovereignty of God. Sovereignty means supreme power and authority. And God is sovereign. He has supreme power and authority over everything. And in this instance, God causes a storm to arise on the open seas in an attempt to get Jonah's attention. You see, Jonah thought he was slick. Kind of like some of you guys. You, some of y'all think yeah, you're really slick. But he blatantly disobeyed and ran away from the very specific mission that God had given him. He got into his little cruise boat, his little cruise vacation party boat away from Nineveh and kissed his worries goodbye. The only problem is that he forgot that God is God over all. And God was not going to let him get off the hook that easily. Jonah forgot who was creator and who was created. And sometimes we treat God and his commands like an optional suggestion. Kind of like when you go to the doctor and the doctor tells you to cut back uh, on the sugar and work out a couple times a week. And you're like, ah, I think that's an optional suggestion. Uh, no, I think it's a great idea, right? You know, we fail to recognize that God is God. He commands, we obey. He speaks, we listen. He corrects, we accept his correction because he is God. And like Jonah, you may think you've outsmarted God. But God is God over all. He is sovereign. You might think you found a good hiding spot, but in all reality, you're like a toddler. You ever play hide and go seek with a toddler? Kind of like a toddler hiding behind a curtain. God can hear you giggling and he sees your toes sticking out. He knows where you're hiding. But this is also very reassuring because you see, even in Jonah's failed attempt to run away and hide from God, God in his sovereignty and love for Jonah sees where he is and makes another attempt to get his attention. God literally moves the waves and the sea to get Jonah's attention. This is super encouraging. You may be here today and you may think that your world is falling apart. It may feel like you've lost all hope. Maybe you're in a season of confusion or a season of questioning or a season of doubt. But God is God over all. Look at what it says in Psalms chapter 146, verses 5 to 6. It says this, Happy is the one whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. Maybe you want to go and underline in your notes the first part of verse 6 that says that he is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. And then circle real big right there in your notes the last part of that verse that says he remains faithful forever. When you've hit rock bottom, recognize that God is God over all. Here's number two in your notes. It says this, wake up from your spiritual slumber. What do you do when you find yourself in a season, uh, in a spiritual slump of sorts, when you've hit rock bottom? Number two, wake up from your spiritual slumber. Uh, Jonah chapter 1 verse 5 says this, The sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his God. They threw the ship's cargo into the sea to lighten the load. 
Meanwhile, Jonah had gone down to the lowest part of the vessel and had stretched out, and check this out, then fallen into a deep sleep. Envision this. There's an all-out storm in the middle of the ocean. Huge waves are rocking the boat back and forth. Torrential downpours are flooding the boat. Thunderous lightning bolts are flashing in the air. The sailors are frantically running around the ship trying to figure out what to do to keep this thing afloat. They're throwing cargo off of the boat into the ocean and they're yelling and crying out to their pagan gods, Help us! Help us! And where's Jonah? Jonah has his blankie and pillow pet and is in the bottom of the boat sucking his thumb and dreaming about drinking an umbrella drink out of a coconut in Tarshish, right? He is fast asleep. How can he be sleeping amid so much chaos and calamity? Some scholars actually believe that Jonah had entered such a deep depression from his disobedience to God that all he could do was sleep. Some of you have felt that way. Not only was Jonah physically fast asleep in the bottom of the boat in the middle of the storm, but it's honestly representative of the spiritual slumber he found himself in. He had drowned out God completely. If you're honest with yourself, some of you might find yourselves here this morning like this. You feel like Jonah. You feel distant and disconnected from God. You're in a spiritual slumber. Maybe once upon a time, you felt super close to God and it felt like your relationship with God was on cloud nine. But today, you're in the bottom of the boat, fast asleep. If that's you, I want to encourage you. It's okay. I feel like the story of Jonah is in the Bible because we can really connect with his story. Remember, we're not just saying, hey, Jonah screwed up, don't be like Jonah. No, 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 no. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is that we are Jonah, but God still lovingly and relentlessly pursues us. You see, our walk with Christ is naturally full of ups and downs. We're flawed and sinful human beings. It is very natural to find ourselves in seasons of spiritual dryness. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you find yourself in that condition. You find yourself spiritually dry. Let me just encourage you once more. If that is you, you're in the right place. And the last thing I want to do is guilt you into a closer relationship with God or bash you because of the current condition you might find yourself in. And I'm so glad that somehow you mustered up the courage to be here or I'm so glad that the person that dragged you here did because you're in the right place. And so often when we find ourselves in a spiritual slumber, we choose not only to sleep on God, but we sleep on God's people. We forsake community. We forsake relationships. But if you're feeling that way and you're here, you're in the right place. We want to provide a community of people to hopefully come around you and encourage you and challenge you and, and lovingly and gently push you towards God. And this is why life groups are so important because it provides a community of people to come around you and encourage you to wake up to encourage you to, to wake up. And if you're like, if you're like, well, Danny, I'm, I'm wide awake. I'm all good. I don't need a life group. You are so wrong because no matter where you fall, you are needed. You might need the encouragement. You might be the one giving the encouragement. You, you, you might be the one that needs the encouragement one week or you might be the one giving it the other. You see, and the roles might reverse the following week. That's why community is so important. 
If you've been in a spiritual slumber for a season, guess what? Now's the time to wake up. Like God moved the waves and the wind to shake the boat to wake Jonah up, I'm lovingly shaking you to try and wake up. And when you wake up, here's what you're going to do. Number three in your notes is this. Call on God. Call on God. Jonah 1.6 says this. The captain approached him and said, What are you doing sound asleep? Get up, call to your God. Maybe this God will consider us and we won't perish. This is so interesting. The, the captain of the ship, who, mind you, is a Gentile and a pagan, wakes Jonah up to ask him to call out to God. It's so funny because I can imagine the captain and his crewmates exhausting all their resources to try and get out of this situation. They threw cargo off. They prayed to their gods and nothing. They were at the end of their rope. The last resort? To wake up the disobedient, spiritually asleep, runaway prophet. Maybe this God will consider us and we won't perish. Some of you are at the end of your rope this morning. You've exhausted all of your energy, all of your resources, and all of your options. And like the captain of the ship, you don't know who or what else to turn to. Let me encourage you to turn to Jesus. Call on Him. The captain and the sailors were literally fearing for their lives. Their lives were on the line. In fact, would you guys just underline right there that part that says, maybe this God will consider us and we won't perish. Because I want to use this for a second to give you a reminder. I want you to look at that line right there and use it as an opportunity to wake you up from your spiritual slumber. Here's a reminder for you. Hear the sense of urgency. Our world, our community will perish without Christ. There are so many who are living their lives hopelessly and aimlessly. There are so many that are hurting. There are so many that are addicted. There are so many that are struggling and so many that are in pain. And your calling is too great. Your life is not a mistake. And God has placed you right here and right now on purpose and for a purpose. The mission of God is too great to let it pass you by as you're sound asleep. Listen, guys, God can bring about salvation any way that He could dream up. But He has chosen to use flawed and weak people to share the love and hope of Christ to draw people unto Him. God needs you. People are perishing, perishing. Their lives and their eternity is in the balance. Wake up and call on the Lord. As Jonah was sound asleep, the crew and the captain were frantically perishing. They, their lives were on their line. And Jonah, the prophet of God, the mouthpiece of God, was sound asleep. Likewise, all around us, guys, there are people that are perishing. There are people that are lost. There are people that are far from God. And our calling is way too big. Our mission is way too big. Our calling from God is way too important to let it pass us by as we're sound asleep. So if you're in a spiritual slumber, what can you do? Here's what you can do. Call on Him. Pray. Get on your knees. Cry out to Him. Call on the Lord. And when you call on Him, He will listen. Look at what Psalm 116 verse 1 and 2 says. It says this, I love the Lord because He has heard my appeal for mercy. 
Because he has turned his ear to me, I will call out to him as long as I live. Would you guys just underline that part where it says, because he has turned his ear to me. Another version says that he inclines his ear to me. I love that picture. As you arise from your spiritual slumber, as you fall to your knees, as you cry out to Him, whether it be in a whisper or in a shout, God bends over and inclines His ear to listen. So if you're here today and you find yourself in a spiritual slumber, wake up. Call on the Lord and He inclines His ear to listen. But my sin is too great. But I've been so far from him. He could never love me after. Call on the Lord. He has turned his ear to you. Now, as we conclude our time, I told you that I want to caution us to read carefully the book of Jonah, not as one of Aesop's fables with a moral lesson attached to the end. I know that that's going to be the temptation, right? Jonah's bad. Don't be like Jonah. Be good. The problem is that you're not the hero of the Bible. Jesus is. Jesus is the better Jonah. Jonah fell fast asleep in the bottom of the boat as he ran away from God. Jesus is the better Jonah who didn't sleep when his hour approached to pay the penalty of our sin on the cross. There was a time when, uh, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, moments before he would be betrayed by Judas and led to face the most humiliating and painful of capital punishments of his day. And Jesus asked his disciples to pray with him. He was feeling such agony and stress and anxiety that the Bible says he sweat drops of blood. And he would go back and check up on the disciples and instead of praying, they were asleep. Wake up and pray with me, he would, he would, uh, he would ask them. And sure enough, they went back to sleep as Jesus agonized over what awaited him. While Jonah slept, Jesus was wide awake as they whipped and punched and mocked and ridiculed him. He was fully awake as they drove nails through his hands and feet. Then they hung him on a cross and, and had uh, uh, for a few excruciating hours. And finally he breathed his last breath and he died. And why did he die? The Bible says that our sin drove him to the cross. Our sin eternally separates us from God. But God, in His immense love for us, as He relentlessly pursued Jonah, sent Jesus to die in our place so that He could relentlessly pursue us. Jesus died on the cross, but as prophesied in the Scriptures, three days later He rose from the grave, conquering Satan's sin and death. And now whoever puts their faith not on themselves or in this world, but puts their faith in Jesus, can experience forgiveness of sin and newness of life. Today, no matter where you find yourself, no matter how far you think you may have fallen from grace, God shouts from the rooftops that He loves you. And He demonstrates it through Jesus. Put your faith in Him today. Would you pray with me? Lord, we recognize that You are God over all. Not only over the waves and the wind, but over our circumstances and situations and even our very selves. I pray that those of us in a spiritual slumber, you would awaken us, O oh Lord. Wake us up because there is a world that is perishing and in desperate need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. So we call out to you, Lord. We cry out to you, Lord. Awaken us, O oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.